Welcome to the Belfast Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Byler. I hope everybody is staying safe, staying home, just being wise with uh, their interactions and all of those things. Uh, I have some more uh, different content. Well, not really different. Uh, It just comes from a different time. So as I uh, and Dimitri try to figure out how we're going to do certain things right now uh, with the conversational format that we've had on the podcast before. Um, And just uh, there's some interviews we want to do, but that uh, really isn't an option right now. Just as we figure out how we're going to proceed with some stuff. uh, I have episodes of a podcast that I created when I lived in Springfield um, about a year ago now. Uh, And the podcast was called how to survive college. Um, and it was just a bunch of conversations I had with friends of mine who all went to Ichthus, um, just about their experiences growing up, their experiences in high school and college, um, you know, where they decided to go or why they decided to go to MSU, um, and just any advice that they had for other college students trying to figure out their way. And the more I've thought about these conversations, the more I've been like, you know, these are really fitting conversations for Belfast. They uh, revolve a lot around faith, around growing up, around some deconstruction, some reconstruction, some struggles in that, um, how to navigate that in college and in high school. Um, so I think that they're, they're a value here for sure. So I will be posting um, a few of those that I have in the next couple of weeks, and then there will be more content to come after that. Uh, the first one that I have for you guys is with uh, an old friend of mine. His name is Luke Vaughn. Luke Vaughn, again, involved the Ichthus when I went there. Um, he was one of the first to approach me and say, like, hey, thanks for coming. Um, you know, was was big in it at the time. So I just hope that you enjoyed this conversation and the ones to come. I hope that they are fruitful and challenging and encouraging. When you sinking, got you thinking it's a whirlpool. Caesar in your pockets, you can't see who's in your pockets. But today's intervisions touch your eyes and make the world move. Wifey father head and make her curls move. Crown jewel is character. And this ain't immortality with fairy dust. Never land, never say I never gave you a It's been a pretty good good relationship so far. Yeah. As if it's going to get bad at some point, which I don't think it would. Um but why don't you fill the people in real quick about how we how we met how we came to know one another yeah so i met luke through a christian ministry that i help run at missouri state where we go to school um and he showed up to we have clubs which is pretty much just a time to worship and have speakers and i met him and a couple other people that went with him one night and uh he just kept coming around so i figured i had to get to know him and uh, we had coffee, I think, after a Bible study, and mm-hmm. it was it was a good time, and we just kept going with it, I guess. Yeah, I remember I remember that Bible study because I was really I was new to Springfield. I didn't really know where to go, what to do, yeah. and I I'd, I'd been around Ichthus, you know, two three times at this point, and then after Bible study, you came up to me and was like, Hey man, I'm glad that you're here. Happy that you're coming. Um, you know, we should grab coffee sometime. And so that was, I I have to thank you for that because that really, really helped me know that I had a, had a spot there and every college kid wants that. So 
Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I, I was in the same boat as you when, when you moved down to Springfield. I'm also from Kansas City, as is Luke. Um, and I came down a year earlier, and I started this ministry, and I really didn't know anyone. And so I know what it's like to like enter into something and not have like that sense of direction. And so like, if I can give that to someone that shares like that same like problem, like that's why I'm there. That's why I was able to do that for you. And it's been like a blessing, like coming back towards me and having a friendship like this. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely been edifying for both of us. Yeah, for sure. Um, You say you're from, from Kansas city where I'm, where I lived for, for most of my life. Mm. Um, so where did you where did you go to high school there? Uh, let's I, let's start at high school, high school and yeah. we'll move we'll move forward into yeah. the college years. Yeah. So I was born and raised in a suburb of Kansas City called Lee Summit, and I spent my whole life going to the going through the Blue Spring School District, and so that means I went to Blue Spring South High School, um, where I survived. I think. What was what would you say was key to your survival then at uh, in high school? Uh, man, I think just I think like sports like that's definitely where I took a lot of my identity from or stem from. I played soccer throughout high school, and like that's where my friends were. That's where um, just my my community was, and that's kind of I think how I survived high school because I wasn't really academically like focused um it was definitely just trying to get through it and get to college i think yeah um i can i can definitely relate to that because i played basketball through high Mm -hmm. school and it um it's kind of it it's necessary you know as we see in you know even ichthus now and sports in in high school it's necessary to have have that community around you have people who are like-minded for sure um but it also in having that community it's it's inclusive but yet mm-hmm. also exclusive yeah. because it feel especially with sports in high school i think it feels like a lot of the time those athletes can't break out of the stereotype right. of being the athlete or yeah. being on the team or wanting to be on the team and so yeah you're I, kind of stuck in that yeah. was that your experience i yeah i agree with that i felt that um just you're right it's exclusive in the fact that like it fills your time and it feels like your play. And so like, those are the people you're around your whole day. And so like, you don't have time to go out and experience like other groups and try other things. Um, and I think that that is kind of a hindrance and also kind of a blessing because it's like, you're focused on that thing and you have like-minded people at the same time. You don't get to see uh, what other groups have. And like, if they're also like-minded, I think. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely true. Yeah. Um, so, Let's, I want to kind of set the table with some, maybe some more, some more personal things as far as, uh, for you and you can be as, as specific or as, as broad as you want to be with, with this, but what would you say is one of the biggest challenges or or struggles that you faced during high school? Yeah. So, um, one of the biggest struggles I think I, I was faced with in high school, uh, was definitely my home life. I grew up in a, a divorced family, so from a young age, um, my parents were divorced, and so my my teenage years um, were just um, split household. Um, half the time with my mom, half the time with my dad. Uh, and the hardest the hardest part of that was definitely um, being with my dad because uh, we took a lot of like verbal abuse and just not um, knowing that we were good enough. And like when you're filled with so much like hate and so much anger, like 
you 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 have it in you and you you try to figure out places to put it and so like that does go into like for me with sports because i was like i i can release it there and um and so you have this stuff filled up with you and you're trying to figure out who you are and it just kind of creates like this bubble that is just waiting to be popped and it just so much stress at a young like high school age and trying to figure out who you are just it caused it caused a lot of stress for me i think um that was my phone yeah what um did, was there a breaking point? Was that was that breaking point like college? What was part of your motivation to go away to college? Like, um, you know, because you said high yeah. school was kind of like just surviving, waiting to get to college. Yeah. Was part of going away to college that that feeling of like I need to get out of here mm-hmm. mindset? Yeah, I think just just having like such an interesting home life i think when it come it came to the decision to go to college and where i was looking for college i looked far away because i was like i've been in kansas city too long and i just needed to break a lot of ties i think is what i was thinking at that time Mm -hmm. um so i actually moved out to colorado went to a small christian school there called colorado christian university um i also chose that school because i really wanted to play college soccer and so that was also another uh, uh, driving force in my decision um yeah i I, and and to your question if there was like a breaking point um i think it was kind of when i left kansas city when i was going to college it was like the bubble had just kind of expanded to a point where um it was about to burst if i stayed in kansas city all longer like i think i would have probably broken down and like gone somewhere and done something and fortunately colorado definitely like um kind of took me off that ledge and created like a space where i could like express who i was and try to figure out who i was without like the pressure of like that home life because i would come home to to my dorm where i was living and just kind of um have more freedom instead of having the pressure just continue to build up. So I think for sure in Colorado, I definitely had um, kind of like a movement away from like the breaking point. But at the same time, like there was definitely a breaking point at that point or a smaller breaking point. Yeah. And so Colorado is kind of, you saw it as it was calling, kind of calling you off the, yeah. off the ledge. Yeah. Um, so, you, you mentioned you went to uh, Colorado Christian University. Mm-hmm. Um, so were you a Christian at the time that you went there? Is that Was that a big reason you chose it? Or was it just because they were yeah. you were available to play soccer there? Because yeah. I, I hear those stories, too, of people who go to right. Christian universities because they give them scholarships yeah. even though they're not. Yeah. Um, that, so. was, that was definitely uh, a majority of the athletes that were at CCU were like, uh, they just gave me a scholarship. Um, I would say I didn't fall into that because I think I went out there like I, my whole life I was a Christian I claimed Christianity as like my my faith um, but I think all, just this is just a generalization but I think a lot of Christians claim Christianity but aren't actually Christians and like their walk and I think I fell into that that kind of phase where I was like I am Christian but that's just because what that's what I know um, so that's what I went out there as um, I think throughout my year there, like started to change. it definitely changed. Um, but yeah, it was kind of a mix of faith and opportunity. Calling. Yeah, opportunity. Because I like Colorado, eight hours away from home. I was I was in at that, and then to play soccer it was just like, and it was Christian. Like it was what I wanted. 
Okay, so it basically hit the trifecta for you. Right, like it was Wanting it was to be away three. from home, wanting yeah. to play soccer, and wanting to be somewhere where you would be around people of, of your faith, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess what I'm curious about, because I my parents were missionaries in Africa, and so I grew up a lot of my uh, elementary, one year of middle school um, in Africa. I was homeschooled for mm-hmm. that time. Um another story for another day um but point being is i was in i was in lee summit for my freshman year yeah um and i had applied to a boarding school called rift valley academy and when i was in eighth grade we had put in the application put on the waiting list and then it was the summer of my freshman year that i got the acceptance letter Dang. okay and a lot of stuff happened my freshman year um, a lot of good life change, a lot of spiritual transformation. Um, I had some some real mentors around me. Um, God became more, way more personal to me, way more than just mm. something my parents did. And so, I didn't want to leave home. I didn't want to leave Lee Summit, but I I knew that I kind of had no other option mm. rather than to leave. But what's funny about it is I went to a very conservative very very christian boarding school it was made for mks in like 1906 and so majority of the population missionary kids all of the teachers missionaries at some level right they raise their own support to be teachers there so it's not like they're getting paid by the organization to be a teacher um at least in the sense of we would think being paid by an organization right um it's not like they're making money yeah, right. and like a profit, yeah. Making a profit really. Um, they like cover living expenses. But uh, point being that I was taken from a very like a very strong Christian base that I had and had created in Lee Summit, but also within a secular society mm. and then moved to literally a boarding school on like almost a mountain like we lived at 8,000 feet like in a gated gated community with like only Christians went to yeah. chapel three times a week oh had dorm God. Bible studies every Tuesday night mm-hmm. like heavily and not not all bad but heavily heavily like emphasis on all of that yeah and I feel like it created I think unbeknownst to itself, it created a system of uh, legalism. Mm-hmm. And so uh, was that your experience at Colorado Christian? Yeah. Um, so I, like you, I was grown in a secular um, society and I did have faith there. And then going to CCU, various not like not gated but like (laughs) to the point like when you said you had bible study in your dorm i was like oh yeah we did that and we had chapel twice a week and like at cc you have a required hours for credit or like for chapel credit and so like that was very way to graduate like you had to go to chapel um (laughs) so like there was a lot of things like you're saying like that kind of paralleled um and like it was very CCU was also very conservative, which was inter- interesting because in Colorado it's very not conservative, 
So no, like, when you think Colorado, right, you do you, not you think don't conservative. Think that. Right. And yet I think CCU had somehow like formed all of the Baptist like preachers in like Colorado and put them at CCU. I think because like every professor I had was like Baptist, Baptist, Baptist. And I was very confused by that because um, I also grew up Methodist. And if you know anything about the Methodists, we're, um, we definitely lean towards like liberal theology and like worry about like the social like settings and like how God loves and Jesus loves people and like the purpose of love. And, um, I actually had a, a great experience at CCU. I say great now. It was terrifying at the time. Um, one of my Baptist professors who was also, um, head of the department that I wanted to do my major in at the point, at that point in life, um, he was, he was teaching a class and he went like almost an hour on why Methodists were like wrong. And he pointed me out because he asked how many Methodists we had. And there was like two and it was me and this other guy. And he like drilled in for like an hour on why like Methodist is like liberal theology. And that's, that's not good. And it's not godly. And so like, I would say that was probably the most testing time of faith. And also like one of the most like figuring out what my faith looked like in, in a very, um, sheltered and very strict very um focused area um so like you said i think we we parallel some things probably you probably had more of the extreme of it um because i had the choice to go there and so they kind of want to keep you around there yeah yeah very similar i didn't have any professors do that to me oh Um, yeah it was it was a good time so yeah and i think it's interesting you bring that up because i found like what you were just talking about, a very similar experience for me in being that I, so I'm someone, and we've had this discussion before, yeah. I'm someone who like, and this I think irritate, I think can irritate a lot of people in my life, but I'm someone who like questions everything. Yeah, for sure. And like, I always ask why, mm-hmm. like, um, if you've ever taken the strength finders test, Mm-hmm. Um, I'm input, connectedness, intellection, adaptability, and activator. And like input and connectedness and intellection are a lot, very much intertwined, mm-hmm. but they're very much like want to know all the information, right. want to know why, want to have a plan, want to have a reason. And so on like the cards it has, one of the things it lists that like you hate, um, I think it's for like the intellection strength. It's like I am someone who, um, who hates uh like a plan without a purpose or a rule without a purpose or like something like that yeah it's something to that effect and so being in in this high school being in this community being in this situation where it was like all of the rules and regulations like we couldn't we had no traditional prom you couldn't dance Nice. You couldn't play cards Um, until my, well, when I visited there as an eighth grader going into my freshman year and then being, there was a rule where like guys and girls couldn't give each other frontal hugs and like that changed when I became a sophomore. But like there was, you couldn't technically date till you were a sophomore, I think, or a junior. I don't remember which, um, things like that, like some, some good, well-meaning rules, but I was also like. But why? Yeah, you were kind of taken back by it. But why? And so, like, that was always my question. And so, being someone who did that, I felt very, like, outcast in the community Mm -hmm. because, like, I was the one who always asked why Why? these things were the rules. 
Um, but at the same time, it really made me like my sophomore year when I got there, I started reading like way more than I ever had in my life. Um, I think I read like six or seven books, Mm. like theological Christian life books, like stuff I'd never read before. And so I just got on this big kick of like wanting to understand why all these things were and like, what, where do they come from? Are they, are they godly? Are they they not? Are they just religious rule or like what purpose do they serve? Tyrannical in that sense. Exactly. So, so, you know, um, and I think you're alluding to similar. So like, what was that for you? What did it, did CCU force you to like pick up books and read or like, did you, were you someone who always asked why, who like didn't like a lot of the rules or what, what was that like for you? Yeah. So I think the thing that really kind of like worried me or like kind of confused me about CCU, like with the rules, um, and what kind of drove me away from it in that sense. Um, like we, we had very, I would say strict rules, but like when you grow up from like a culture that isn't like necessarily like rule focused or like have so much strict rules and you go to like a public school that is like very open and like you kind of figure out like the secular views and stuff. And then you go into a school and this is what I found at CCU was like majority of my classes were, um, kids that were from private schools or homeschooled. And I was the, I was the minority at that point. And so like being from such a big state school or a big public school and going to a small, like, um, private school, like it, like I was trying to figure out, like you said, I was like, whoa, like how did I end up here? Like, why are they so like driven this way? Why are they okay with these rules that, that CCU has set up? Why are they so blinded to like the outside world? Like how, how is my worldview different from theirs? And I think that was one of the strongest points. I think my biggest change at CCU other than my faith growing, and I don't think that was necessarily completely CCU, but also the church I was attending at that time. But I definitely think, um, I agree. I started to question. I don't think I turned to the books as much. I turned, um, definitely, I think towards like just my understanding and like, of I, I definitely read more of the Bible that I have ever had, mm-hmm. but I also think I just kind of started to look at my views a lot more intensely because I think at that point I'm just kind of was going along and I was like, yeah, like this is just kind of what I've grown up with. And like, these are what I agree with. And I kind of started to take like a lot of views into my own hands and started to do research on like, what do I as like an individual, as like my own adult belief, because I think that's a lot of struggle, at least for me, it was, um, trying to figure out what I believe versus like what I've grown up believing mm-hmm. because I think that's a struggle for a lot of Christians and a lot of just people in general. Um, and so I think CCU definitely opened my eyes to that and understanding, like, I don't want to be babysitted anymore. Like I am an adult and that's what CCU did with like the rules. Like it was like, Hey, you can't do this, this and this. And I was like, why? Like I'm 18 years old. I chose to come here. I know it's private, but like I'm an adult. So why do you have a saver my life? Because I have that right, you know? And mm-hmm. I think that was the biggest, other than obviously my faith, like that was the biggest takeaway. Like I make my own choices. Like I'm living my own life at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it, I guess you're right. And I think your point of view was maybe a little more arguable. Yeah. Whereas I was in a boarding school that did like K through 12. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot like you, your parents had to be missionaries within the country or within the continent of Africa mm. to like for you to be at the school. Yeah. And so for the majority of the students, it was like, 
your parents aren't even in Kenya. They aren't even in this country. They're in another country. Dang. And so as, as a parent, I, my mom uh, alluded to this, although she found some of the rules as ridiculous as I did. Right. But her, I think her pushback to, to my, like, I don't know, my uh, rejection of it mm. was, well, as a parent, like, at least... I have the peace of mind to know that like right. the people at the school are doing all they yeah. can to try and keep my kids safe when I can't be there. Yeah. I, um, I definitely, I definitely think from just the younger age, I think like that is more applicable. Like mm-hmm. for sure. Like if they're not even in the same country or I'm just speaking here, but like, yeah, I just think that for sure. Like I would understand that a lot more. Like they're setting a good boundary and understanding and like, rules for you to understand and follow so that makes sense to me i guess yeah and as i get further away from it i see that more and more Mm -hmm. um i think the the thing that as a high schooler at least and especially junior senior which they did a better job of this like than i probably give them credit for yeah um but it was like preparing you for the world for because most of the kids who graduate then go on to school in the in the u.s Mm -hmm. or in um Korea, because we have a lot of South Korean students okay. there, um, but uh, the majority of the of the student population of the graduating classes moves on to school in the U.S., and a lot of them end up going to state schools or yeah. bigger Christian schools, and so, and let's be honest, like even American like Christian schools, universities, there's secular. there's pretty yeah. a heavy secular influence for sure. Um, but what I and so my from my point of view it was like well you guys say that your goal is to like prepare us for the outside world Mm -hmm. but I don't feel like they did a good job of trying to like expose us to what's outside right so like a great uh, the example I always use is I had a teacher my the third term of my sophomore year um Mr. Wells Kevin Wells (laughs) um great guy one of my favorite teachers ever (laughs) He, he was, uh, we had to write research papers for him. It was the first time I ever wrote a research paper. Um, and so because of a lot of topics that were chosen for the research paper, he was like, I want to show a movie that kind of depicts some of the current like issues or social things going on, like in America and all this. Hmm. So he showed the movie crash. I don't know if you're familiar with the film. Um, but it is an R rated movie. Very, very R rated. Um, (laughs) and the rule of the school was you had to clear play every movie, which means they take out the language and the sex and all that, wow. which, you know, Makes good, sense. good for them. Like, yeah, I would honestly, you know, the language is, you know, I'm, I'm not as sensitive about that, but you know, the sex and all of that, like for I can sure. do without. Yeah. And so, and even, but language at some point, like, mm. I'm just like, okay, just, just yeah. stop. So I, I get the sentiment. I understood it. I thought it was good for the most part. But he ended up showing Crash. Now he's there's some sexual stuff in it, but he you know skipped over that. Um, but there was definitely quite a bit of language, Dang. and he showed it unclear plate to the class. Wow! And then got in trouble with the school because kids like emailed their parents and was like, "Hey, there's this movie being shown and this and that and da da da." And so it was like a big deal for like two weeks, Man. and um. He kind of went all cowboy on him at at some level, which I respected. Um, and 
And it wasn't that I didn't understand the backlash to what he did. Mm-hmm. But my other competing thought with that was, but we're about to enter, like we're, yeah. we're ending our sophomore year, going into our junior year of high school. Like we're about to enter a world in America that like all of that stuff is completely normal. Right. For sure. I, I like you say that that's like so shocking. Like just to hear like when you say um, like people were e- like told their parents and their parents like emailed the school like yeah that straight is amazing. Like that had me shaking my head because like the idea of like kids like telling their parents like oh like a teacher showed this is like it definitely happens in like the schools that like I attend. But like to the extent of like. If I, if a teacher showed like an R-rated movie in high school, I'd been like, oh, this is a freaking amazing. And like, that's just, I think it is kind of like just the American culture kind of uh, aspect and the secular culture of it, where it's just like, yeah, we're just kind of, we're kind of blind to it at a point because it's like, oh, like, yeah, there's a lot of drugs in, in high school. There's a lot of alcohol in, in high school. There's a lot of um, sex and, and cursing and like, it's just a natural part of it. So like the fact that like, in such like a, a boarded up like area that what is natural almost to us is like worrisome. So that's interesting. I like mm-hmm. that. That's an interesting idea. So yeah, that's just to let you know, like part of the, the culture yeah. there that was, yeah, that happened my end of my sophomore year. And so, and that was a moment that was like kind of, I, you could call it a watershed moment for my high school right. experience because it really showed me that like, yeah, I understood. I understood where these kids and these parents were coming from. Like, I totally got mm. it. And I even was like, Mr. Wells, you kind of went out on a real limb there. Yeah. Like, that's pretty, oof, that's kind of extreme, especially for here. Um, but then the other part of me pushed back on it and was like, yeah, it was extreme. Mm. And like, I probably wouldn't pick to watch a movie myself anyway. Right. But I was also like, but man, we we need to at least be aware that these things are happening that these things are a reality Mm. and, and not that we have to condone it or say it's good, Mm. but we want to be able to like engage it. Mm. And if you don't know it's there, then it's just like that shock factor and you can't engage it. Right. I, I definitely think for, for me, I, I don't think I saw it to the extremes of that, but, um, I would definitely say at CCU, like we definitely had kids. We had like, we had like people that like had never done anything. Like they've never kissed anyone. They've never had a boyfriend or girlfriend. Like they were so sheltered and like that kind of, that kind of like disgusted me in a sense because it's like, wow, you're, you're going to college and you've never done anything and you've come to a Christian college and you're going to live this like simple life. And like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just think that there's a lot of life to live. And if you're, if you're living this perfect life and you never like make mistakes or you've never like indulged or like really like stepped out and kind of, I'm not saying it's good, but I'm just saying like, I think there's, there's a learning aspect of it. And so like, like you're saying like with the, with the movie, like you're learning and like, it is important to know what you're learning about so you can kind of defend yourself from it. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one thing that like, I was like, I was like, wow, well, you guys don't even know what you're, you're going against. And I was like, I don't know. I found, I found it kind of offensive because it's like, they, like when you say, oh yeah, I went to public school and you tell them like, oh yeah, all this stuff you do. And they're like, oh wow. And you're like, 
I'm just a normal kid. And it's like, why do you look so down upon? Because it's the same thing. Like those are the kids that probably would go to their parents and then go to the teacher. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, it's just kind of frustrating. I get that. Yeah. And I think it's this balance of like, you don't necessarily want, you know, all the Christians out there acting like the world and just being like, being so non-distinct that like, it's not even apparent anymore, which Mm -hmm. I think is what we're suffering from in America. Yeah. But also, uh, you know, it's this, and I think the movie is a, is almost a great like example because it's this idea that like, you don't need to be going and doing all this stuff to like understand it. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, yes, you might have your liberties, but those stop at a point Mm -hmm. because it's like not everything that's like lawful is beneficial. Right. And like, should we keep sinning so that the grace of God may abound? Like by no means, Mm -hmm. because we've been saved from that. But it's also like with the movie thing, like, yes, you want to be careful about what you put in your mind, but also in some sense, it's like, you want to be able to challenge yourself a bit Mm. with, with how you do that. And so, especially in a scenario like my boarding school, like I think that would have been a good entry point to, to discussions about these certain things because it's like, you see it, it, but you aren't participating. Right. Right. I, I think it's like to the point, like, I guess for me, like my theology always comes back to love and it's like, how can you love someone if you have a disconnect with them? Like if you don't like, if you, if you haven't dealt with their struggle, then how can you love them completely? And so it's like the idea, like if you're, if you have a friend that's struggling with whatever, like if you, if you're living this perfect Christian life, if you've never dealt with it, how are you going to be able to connect with them? Mm-hmm. And so it's like to the sense where like, if you've confronted it and you know where you stand on it and you know because you've either struggled, not struggled with it, but you've like seen it and you've been around it and you're like, oh, like I know this, like I, I can help this person. I can love this person. It's a lot easier to do that than being like, well, I've never done anything in my life and I'm living this perfect Christian life. Well, then how are you going to connect with that person? And so it's like, it's a big divorce, I think. And there's definitely a flaw in Christianity with that. And I, I think it stems from like our sheltering of like these private institutions and like bordering schools where it's like, oh, like this is Christian. Don't come out of this box. Otherwise you're going to be in the world and kind of creates this, dis- mm-hmm. it really does cause a disconnect. Yeah. It's that idea of being in the world, but not of it. Right. And so right. how do you, you know, again, not that you want to be indulgent in things, but how do you, how do you come to a, a place of understanding of these things mm-hmm. and being able to even... Uh, like maybe see it from their perspective where you're like, and even deeper than that, because it's like, you could say like, you know, I know about, you know, I might have never been an alcoholic, mm-hmm. but I know the draw that that can have. Right. And I know the power of that. Cause I've, I've either witnessed it in my family or I've, you know, talked to people about it or I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, if you don't know that that could be a reality, then like, you can't really yeah. relate to that. Right. And you don't even have any kind of handles about how to go about it when someone comes to you with mm. that kind of a thing. Exactly. Um, so yeah, to your point, like how do you, how do you become aware? How do you become, um, understanding? I think is a good, good way, to, right. way to right. look at it. How do you become understanding of these certain things? Yeah. And, um, being able to process through them and think rationally, um, about it is is a great place to start Hmm. and so that's what i was one of my big goals throughout high school then especially after that moment yeah um and it's something i continue to do and so 
um, glad to hear that like CCU kind of did something similar for you kind of exposing you to that, that other side of the aisle Mm -hmm. or other side of the spectrum where it's like, you know, I wasn't so sheltered. Like I went to public school. I had came from like a, a different angle of the faith. And so Mm -hmm. like seeing the other end of it, you know, you can see the good, see the, Mm -hmm. see what works, see the, some of the religiosity of it, see what doesn't necessarily manifest well or you know, things like that. Yeah. And I think for me, I've always kind of been that person that has always kind of dabbled in a lot of things and kind of gotten my toe toes wet and like trying to figure out like a larger aspect of things. And so, like you said, like going across and seeing like every aspect and seeing different ways of, um, Christianity and like opening my mind up, like I think is one of the best things you can do. Just, just whenever you get the chance just to learn and to grow that way is just amazing. Yeah, so you're obviously not at CCU anymore. No. Um, otherwise, you'd be in Colorado. You wouldn't be in Springfield. Right. So uh, what made, what kind of was the tipping point, I guess? What what was the, the point where you were like, okay, I'm going to leave CCU now and go somewhere different? And did you come straight to MSU after that, or mm-hmm. did you go back home first? You know, what was yeah. that experience like, that, that transition? Yeah, so uh, I think uh, my biggest my biggest turn from CCU uh, was definitely second semester. Uh, just a lot of things had kind of culminated to like, okay, I'm, I'm I've done enough here. Like I've kind of gotten the most I can probably from it. Um, uh, like I said, when my professor that was leading my major at that point, like kind of kind of disowned like my ideas and my faith and like my uh, relig- my uh, political like stance like I was like well I I've kind of I don't think I can continue on in this career or this this path here and then with soccer I had uh, at that point like just given up and just was like I'm I don't want to do this and then like also I the church I was attending had like prepared me to a point where like I was getting a lot from it and I think at some point in in faith you you turn from um getting filled into like filling others and like that's how you get your filling like um and so like I was kind of transitioning back to like okay like this is good like I have that great knowledge like now I want to go use it like I want to go back home and like try to figure it out um so like at the end of the semester I had kind of was like okay I'm done and I transferred to Missouri State um but I had come home for the summer um and spent a lot of time working with youth and I was like, oh, I'm gonna change my major too. So I changed it to um, history education. Um, and then, what kind of youth work did you do then? Uh, I just did you helped, work at like camps and stuff? I, I um, pretty much every Sunday we have youth youth group at uh, the, the my home church in Kansas okay. City. And I just volunteered there and then helped out with, um, with uh, our missions trip that we went on. Okay. Um, and then uh, this last summer, I also was an intern there. So I did like more wider, like lead stuff and was more part of that. Um, and so like, I definitely like saw myself transitioning more into like a different calling in life, which I think kind of started at CCU and just like having people fill you with like, oh yeah, this is something you'd be good at. And like having that, like that idea, it was so helpful coming to, to um, Missouri State. It was also really comforting coming to um, a big school, a big state school like Missouri State, just because like at CCU, everyone knows you. And then coming here, 
you're alone and you have to figure it out for yourself and there's no one like holding your hand and you have to be an adult about it and like that was one thing that like there's so much at Missouri State you can get indulged in and um there's a lot you can you have to figure out it is life it is like adult living you have to figure out um where your community's at and how you're going to get through classes and where you're going to live and that was one of my favorite things about Missouri State. It was hard for a while because I was like trying to figure out my community, and I tried out a lot of things, and um, until I found Ichthus, and that's where also where I found my housing and found my community and found a lot of friends, and then also a place where I can also like be a leader and like continue to f- grow my faith. Mm-hmm. No, that's yeah, that's awesome. I think that's key for for a lot of people mm. on uh, especially. Um, so let's, we talked about the experiences of like being in like a very Christian setting right. and trying to be Christian and finding out the fact that sometimes Christians can be the most judgmental people towards right. other Christians. Yeah. And I think it's, it's well-meaning in a, in a lot of, it's well-meaning in the sense that it's like, we all want everybody to live the best way that they can. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, manifest like that. Yeah. It comes off. And so it, it can, it can actually then, uh, become negative. Right. Even though it's not intended to be that way. Mm. Um, but how, how did you then, you spoke a little bit about that just now, but so moving from such a, such a Christian environment to a, very secular environment um what was whether it be in a specific class or in the city itself what was one of the biggest struggles that you had then switching cultures so drastically yeah um there's a couple things that um just that first couple that first semester i really really like tried to figure out and try to i struggled with a lot um one was springfield is like the Bible Belt of like mm-hmm. the United States, so like churches everywhere. But the thing is, like when you go to a new church, you have like for me at least, it's really hard to go by myself. Mm-hmm. So like trying to find a church that first semester was so hard because I was trying to figure out also like who I was gonna go with and like I I mean like I said I didn't really have a community, so I was like trying to figure out which churches I wanted, and so I tried out a lot of churches and was really not happy with any of them. So like that was a really hard thing um, that I struggled with was like, where do I find my base at? Where do I find like some place that'll just continue to, to give me knowledge? Um, and then the second one was um, I had a philosophy class my freshman year, or I guess my sophomore year at Missouri State. And uh, this professor, professor was probably the most like open-minded, like liberal th- minded modernist modernistic like thinker and he annoyed the crap out of me like everything he said like was so arrogant and so like opinionated and like like the first day of class like you knew he was atheist and you're like okay well we'll see if we can make it and at at some point in the semester um i just kind of given up on the class and was like not showing up and i was just like i i I couldn't do it because he had gotten to the point where like um he knew who were christians and he pretty much his his goal was to disprove them anytime they talked but he wanted the conversation so like 
he's like, okay, what do you think? And you say something and he's like, yeah, you're probably wrong. And he, like, he, he was just like, I was like, well, how, like, how can you, how can you say you're open-minded, but you can't even like address a faith and like have the like, conversation with people. And so like, that was a struggle because like at CCU, like you knew everyone was Christian and you prayed before classes sometimes. And, um, and so like, you, you know, where people stand and you know, like what you're dealing with, whereas at like, um, at Missouri State, you really never know because some classes you do have those very liberal, like, um, secular thinkers. And then sometimes you do have like a very, uh, faith filled person, but they might not like have the same Christian conservative or liberal like faith as you. So you have to like kind of figure out where people stand and like the teachers aren't able to be open about their faith as much. And so it's like, it's kind of like, it's, it's really like investigative work you have to do because you have to figure out like, Oh, like, can I have, can I have this conversation with this professor with not, without like getting any backlash? Because it's, it's, it's real, it's a real challenge at a lot of state schools. Yeah. Would you, I think it just makes me think of similar to the, the backlash that you got from your Baptist professor. Right. It's in a, it was totally different, Yeah, but it was still like backlash from this Mm. liberal psychology professor right so how did that affect you and what did you do because of that this new backlash that you experienced um i mean i I think both both times that this happened like they were very different but just because like with my baptist professor like i still like knew like i knew where he kind of was coming from i knew his ideas and I, i i could be I could back my faith because I was like, Oh, like, okay. Like this is what he's thinking. I was like, okay, well, you know, it doesn't really matter. We're all, we're all Christians. Like we're all kind of figuring this out together. Whereas like, um, with this secular, this secular professor, it's like really hard because you're like, well, you back yourself in, in scripture and you back yourself in your faith. And then it's like, but then there's still that like inner struggle. It's like, well, how, if I am supposed to be like this great, I have this great commission on me. How can I then go and serve him and, and do all this if he's just going to beat me down? And it's like, I don't know. And so it was like, like with, there's like some kind of like reconciliation I could have and like be okay with like having someone of the same faith kind of like go at me because I was like at the end, like I know my at faith. At the end of the day, we're, we're both on the same team. On the same yeah. team. Yeah. And then not having that is like, it's still like a constant battle, I think. So I think that was the biggest struggle, like looking at them differently or like side by side, it's just like same team versus different team. Yeah. And I think that that's a good distinction there because that was a big comfort of me yeah. in, in, in going to boarding school was like, even though I could have, even though I disagreed with some of these things, mm-hmm. I knew that at the end of the day, we were all on the same team. Yeah. And hopefully the people I talked to could recognize that although... I might not even be right in my assertions or my investigations Mm -hmm. that I was still trying to find the truth. Right. And so, but contrastly, it feels like here when you're a Christian, you stand up, even if you don't explicitly fight for like Christianity, Mm -hmm. you'll get a backlash of like, oh, but that's not really true. Mm -hmm. And so... It's like one of those things where like, um, with a lot of what I've found, I think, and what I've learned a little bit in my, my idea of Christianity and I obviously people probably won't agree, but there's, um, there's like a couple things in the Bible that have to be true to like have 
Christianity be like mm-hmm. base truth. And I think if you are Christian, you believe those three things or a couple things as like true. Like those are complete truths. And like that has to be true for you to be a Christian. And like to that point, like after that, like it's debatable. No matter what it is, it's debatable. Like if you believe in evolution, are you creationist? Like that's a debate you can really have. And you can still come to disagreement at the end, but you can still be Christian. But like as like there's no base when you have those secular thinkers because like there's nothing to fall back to because you obviously have no base like agreement like even to like the point of like what is like the what is the fundamental like christian or human being like what is what are we made up as like their ideas will be completely different than like are there morals are there not morals what are we driven by what is what a christian think we are driven by and so like no matter what there's no backing and there's no like like single thing you can go back to and be like, Oh yeah, we're we're on the same page as this. What would you say are those three, those three things? Um, I think definitely you have to believe that he's re- He, uh, he came back for after the three days, he, he came back to life that he's, he, uh, Jesus defeated risen. the grave. Yeah, like he, Paul says it, like if he, if Christ didn't rise from the dead, then right. we're all fools. Right. That, I think, um, I think you have to believe in uh, immaculate conception. I think that you have to believe that he's not human, that he's of God. Um, and I, I don't know the other one, like there's other things I think you can point to and be like, yeah, I think dying on the cross is, yeah. The I think, atonement for sin. Yeah. I think that's other so one. like, it's basically just, and I like, I like what you're saying. And I think it's, I would, yeah. I would agree the fact that you know, even if you look at the Old Testament, like we've been, even when we've been studying Revelation and yeah. looking at prophecies in the Old Testament, and all this, it's like, man, like it all points to Jesus. Right. Every single bit of Everything it. Everything is based Every on single Jesus. bit of it. Yeah. And so when you see that, then you see, all right, then we have Jesus who steps on the scene. Mm-hmm. And Jesus makes so, like, I love how Lewis puts it. He's like, I don't want people to make the mistake of just saying that Jesus was a good moral teacher because yeah. you obviously haven't yeah. read who he was if you're going to make that claim. Right. Because he said so many things that were just completely ridiculous mm-hmm. that like he can't just be a good moral teacher. And you saying that is like, it's false. It's it, it's disingenuous yeah. because he's saying stuff like, I am God and I've been here ever before creation happened. Right. And like, I'm Jesus. I came and I'm going to forgive sin. I'm going to take away sin and all of this stuff. Yeah. And so you got to, so like with that, I like the fact that you brought up immaculate conception. It wasn't even something I thought of Yeah. because it's like, without that, then it's like, you can make a case like, Oh, he's just, he was just a man. Right. He was just a good moral teacher. Cause he yeah. was just a man. Yeah. But you got to believe in that because then it's like, no, then he came from God. Then he is who he said he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fact that then he dies, takes our place, pays for our sins not only that, because if he didn't rise again, then there would be no victory. Right. And then, and so him and rising then, again brings that victory. Yeah. Well, then and if, if he doesn't rise again, then he's just man. And then exactly. it's like, okay. Yeah. And, and I think like, um, those, those three, those two things, like it, you, if you don't believe him, like you can debate everything and it lose all like historic and like ev- anything like is evidence that is like, you can, you can debate it, but like everything else in the Bible, this is what I love. Like, I think anything else other than those three things and like a lot of Jesus's life, those are really hard to debate if you really are a Christian, but anything else, anything old Testament, I think are really, really easy to debate. And like, 
is a great thing. That's like a beautiful thing. I think about our faith is like we have, we hold true to like these couple of things and like everything else is like open and like, it's like, Oh, well we can have debates and we can have these conversations. We can have these theological ideas. Like it's, and it, it, and it allows us to like, like I say, it comes back to like this base that we can hold true to and we don't have to like disagree on, on those things. And it's like, cool. Like we're still on the same team. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I guess last last thing we'll get into was just any any advice that you have. What would you what would you say for others, um, like in college, um, about to get out of college, about to go into college? um, What would just be uh, your advice for them as about how to survive? What are some what are some things or one big thing that they should keep in mind or, yeah. or really strive to do or strive for, um, in these years that they're going to be in college, what, what's going to help them survive? Man, uh, probably the most thing, the most important thing that I've learned just in college and, and through that years is, um, just stay open-minded and just keep focused on, on, on the end goal and just kind of allow things to come into your life and allow things to leave your life and um, just be open-minded to things and just let God work because that's the biggest thing I found is like coming to Missouri State was completely a God thing. Going to CCU was a God thing. How everything that worked out at CCU was a God thing. And like I think when you just allow things to happen and, and you take away the pressure that is already like put on you on like, oh, what am I trying to figure out in college? And you just kind of let things happen and fall into place and you focus like completely in school and you're like, okay, well I'm going to focus on classes and everything else that's happening in my life. I'm just going to leave up to God and just go like let things figure out and how they work. Um, it allows you to like grow and to learn and to like see things that previously you probably wouldn't be able to see. And I think that's probably the coolest thing I've found. It's just like, um, no matter where I've been and no matter where I'll go, like being able to see and look around it and like, observe and know that like where I am, like I'm there for a reason and everything that's going around is just growing me because there's a level that is like book smarts I was from college. And I think there's a lot that you learn that are like, um, that are cliche street smarts because you have to figure out the, um, the life aspect of living a, a college life. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's some, that's some really good advice, um, to, to leave the people with. So, with that, I think we'll wrap this up. Luke, uh, let them know if you want to where they can where they can find you on social media. Uh, you can follow, find me on uh, Instagram at Luke dot underscore Vaughn, and then two dots after that. And uh, how do you spell your last name? V a u g h n. Um, I do. And then if you're in Springfield. Come check out Ichthus. They always say there's more to it. Look at the details. They always say they going through it. Life is a female. Dog, that would be me. She said, let's go to Hong Kong. But I'm only 18. Ain't got money for Hong Kong. If she'd have asked me last year, I'd have been long gone. Because we all dogs. And I hope we all go to heaven. I promise we had it all wrong circa 2007.